back to InfoTrack. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Is it possible to lower your carbon footprint by changing the food you eat? Our next guest says yes. He's Paul Greenberg, James Beard Award-winning author of The Climate Diet, 50 Simple Ways to Trim Your Carbon Footprint. Well, we're eager to learn how we can cause positive change for planet Earth. So how about we break it down by category, starting with food and drink? What are some things that we can do to lower our carbon footprint? Well, you know, I think a lot of people think that the only way to do it is veganism. And I will say that a plant-based diet is certainly the best way to lower your carbon footprint. But for all those people listening who just can't get themselves to the vegan table, simply by swapping in chicken for beef, for example, you could cut 75% of your food-based emissions that way from the meat protein part of your diet. So there's that. You could go even lower if you swapped in certain kinds of fish for your beef. Most importantly, though, is staying away from beef, but also staying away from cheese, which is also pretty carbon intensive. How about the uh, energy that we use when we're cooking food, gas or electric? Can we lower that as well? We can. Before we even change our heat source, we could start by just putting tops on our pots when we cook because that will cut our energy use by about 50%. First off, there's a new range of electric cooktops, which are inexpensive, 150 bucks for a two-top burner, called induction electric. And those conduct 90% of the heat energy into your food, whereas gas is only about 50% of your heat energy. So just a simple switch to that would be great. People sometimes say, well, geez, if I'm cooking on electric and my electric's coming from burning coal, isn't that just as bad? Well, actually, and this brings us to other parts of the book, you can actually sign up through what's called an ESCO to get renewable energy electricity rooted directly into your home. So you can solve that problem too, and it, not really any additional cost. Paul, how about family life events in our families? How can we adjust those to lower the carbon footprint? Well, I think we all learned a lesson during COVID that there is a certain amount of our lives that can be moved to virtuality, to online. Events where you're flying in a lot of people, weddings, funerals, anniversaries, all those things can be super carbon intensive. So I think you really need to think very carefully about who's going to be coming, where you're going to organize the wedding or memorial service or wherever. Think about trying to organize in such a way that you're proximate to the greatest number of people so you have the least number of flights. And then, you know, maybe shrinking it down. During COVID, the wedding industry started referring to these things as cozy weddings, like 20 to 30 guests, something like that. I think that's a good model for the future. I think it's the responsible model for the future. In our homes, we already mentioned gas and electric stoves, but there's other ways we all use energy, and how can we cut back there? The most energy-intensive things in our homes are heating and cooling and our dryers, frankly, our clothes dryers. The clothes dryer, especially as we head into the summer months, that's a no-brainer. All you have to do is actually start line drying some of your clothes instead of using your dryer. That's a super, super easy fix. Beyond that heating and cooling, that's really the number one culprit. On the less ambitious side of things, you could just turn down your thermostat by a degree or two or at night. That actually can help you lose weight, believe it or not, because your body uses more energy to warm itself if it's a little cooler outside. You could also get a programmable thermostat, which is not a very expensive kind of thing. And that actually puts your heating and cooling on a schedule so as you know you don't end up forgetting to turn up or turn down your heating or cooling when you're outside. And then you know, even more intensely, you could think about something called a heat pump. And that's if you live in a standalone home and not an apartment. What's cool about that is it actually moves heat 
instead of actually generating heat or sucking it out through a cooling device. So those are three options that you can consider. It depends how serious you want to get. And Paul, what about solar? I mean, we thought that was the saving thing for all of energy use, but maybe it's not as good as we originally thought. What are your thoughts on it? I wouldn't necessarily agree with you there. I think solar's really great. I think solar and wind, both of them have dropped tremendously in cost to the point where generating solar and wind is actually often below the cost of generating fossil fuels. So I would encourage solar by all means. You don't have to necessarily go off the grid to go solar. You can sign up with, as I mentioned earlier, an energy service corporation. You can do it online. And you can actually route solar energy directly into your home without having to build a whole, you know, Apollo mission solar array on your roof. It can be done right now. It can be done this week. And, you know, that's the main thing that I emphasize in this book is that there are lots of things within our reach that we can do right now to start turning this country in a climate responsible direction. Our guest is Paul Greenberg, James Beard, award-winning author of The Climate Diet, 50 Simple Ways to Trim Your Carbon Footprint. Paul, we've talked about food and drink, family life at home. How about travel? You sort of touched on that with the weddings, flying people around, but are there other ways to save there? Well, you know, there's big travel and small travel. You know, Americans, our biggest emissions problem is driving. It's not like the long haul traveling. It's the daily commute that's the problem. So I think, you know, we learned that we can work from home quite a bit. And I think we should think about that in the future. If your boss wants you to go back into the office, don't necessarily give them a blanket. Yes. Let's see, you know, yes. And, you know, maybe a couple of days a week would be a good idea. And I think if we get the entire country doing more work from home, we would save quite a bit of emissions. As far as travel is concerned, I'm a big fan of the staycation or the nearbycation. I just had a story in Food and Wine magazine called My European Staycation, in which I went to the Erie Canal and the Finger Lakes region and pretended like I was in France. And you know what? I really enjoyed it. It was much cheaper and there was just a fraction of the emissions involved. And electric cars, what are your thoughts on those? Good timing. I actually just test drove a Nissan for two weeks, a Nissan Leaf, as part of an article I was writing. And I tried to feel like what it's like. And you know what? Electric vehicles are great. Super, super good acceleration. The charging capacity is getting there. I live in New York City. I was not daunted at all about finding charging. Um, The one thing I will say, though, is that above and beyond electric cars, I don't think we should just do a one-for-one replacement of gas cars with electric cars. I think we really need to think about um, really upping our public transportation game, really making cities pedestrian focused. And yeah, let's get electric cars, but let's keep in mind, like here in New York City, if we got rid of all the free parking in our city, we could have room for 12 more central parks. Wow. That's an interesting statistic. Wow. Finances. That's an interesting one that you have on your list of ways to lower our carbon footprint. Talk about that one. It's every bit possible to change your investment strategy towards clean energy, towards green infrastructure, and still actually make money and actually, in some cases, make more money. You know, the Standard & Poor has an index ETF that the ticker symbol SPY. Well, there's a fossil-free version of that SPYX. And if you'd invested in that over the last few years, you probably would have done overall better in the market than if you'd been with the regular Standard & Poor. And I think that's because, in large part, As I say, fossil fuel prices are now oftentimes more expensive than renewables. I think there's a lot of excitement, a lot of investment excitement, a lot of growth opportunities, you know, maybe even dot-com level growth opportunities in the green sector right now, more so than at any other time in our history. So I think if you don't want to be left out of the next Amazon or the next Apple, uh, I think you need to look at green technology. 
Well, we've touched on really a handful of ways to uh, trim your carbon footprint, but Paul Greenberg's book has 50 simple ways to do that. The title is The Climate Diet. Paul Greenberg, we want to thank you for joining us today on InfoTrack. My great pleasure. It was really fun. You're listening to InfoTrack, a production of Syndication Networks.